Hi everyone, this is Robert Gephardt again, and uh, today I wanted to talk about startups and entrepreneurs. And uh, it's something that's been brewing in my mind over this past summer, let's say, and it has to do with this culture of striving to be an entrepreneur or a startup, this culture of reverence for anything using those buzzwords and how I'm getting sick of it all. And obviously I'm an entrepreneur and I started up a company, but I am getting sick of the whole spiel and uh, so this is going to be a rant basically. So let me back up. This all started when I was watching a, uh, it was a show on the news, it was MSNBC, and they were talking about startups. And they mentioned startups like Facebook and Google. And right away this caught my attention and I started listening and after a while they talked about older startups like Apple and Microsoft. And I started thinking, really? You know, Facebook started in 2003, Google I think in 1998, and Apple and Microsoft are even older. To call these startups seems a bit ridiculous. So you, you could tell me, well, these companies started themselves up, and so they are startups. Well, every company started up at some point, right? You know, AT&T and BP are startups. Standard Oil is a startup, you know, by that definition. I'm in translation and linguistics, as I assume most of you are. So this started me thinking about the semantics and how if you are a startup, then by definition, you are starting up. And this means that you haven't attained success yet because you're still starting up, which means also that there's no such thing as a successful startup. If you're successful, you have an established business, which is successful. Now, this business can be growing. It can change. It can pivot. It can do many different things. But if you have attained success and if you are successful, you have a business. If you're starting up, you are not yet successful. You don't have to take it from me, obviously. Then I started thinking about it and reading about it and before making this video because I realized this is just if you take startup what startup means by definition but a lot of people are going to give their own definitions and I saw that Steve Blank and this is on the Wikipedia page by the way for startups Steve Blank and Bob Dorf define a startup as an organization formed to search for a repeatable and scalable business model great I don't know any business that isn't formed to search for a repeatable and scalable business model I mean I think every business would like for their business to be repeatable and scalable Maybe it could be a cooled invention, but if you can find a way to repeat and scale that invention, that's great. Why not? Uh, likewise, uh, Paul Graham, everyone knows Paul Graham. He said that a startup is a company designed to grow fast. I mean, there again, any company, you know, companies grow slow and some grow fast, but I don't think any company will say no to growing fast. If they can do what they're doing, exactly how they're doing, but grow faster, then I think they'll be happy with that. Uh, the, the best definition I found there was by Aswath Damodaran. I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name. He's a professor at Stern. And he said that uh, the value of a startup rests entirely on its future growth potential. Now, I think this is a good definition because, sure, if you're a startup, you don't have any current growth potential, so you have to rely on your future growth potential. On the other hand, this doesn't describe Facebook or Google or Apple or Microsoft for that matter. They have plenty of current earning potential. So I don't know how they could be classified as a startup by any definition of the word. So that's great. You know, at this point you can say, well, okay, fine. You proved a little point, you know, just being a nitpicker, but it's just semantics. Who cares? The problem, I think, is that people nowadays are chasing startups and entrepreneurs 
and neglecting other parts of the market because of that. People want to be part of this startup and entrepreneurial culture and they don't want to be in an office wearing a suit and all that. So they tend to avoid that side of the world. But in doing so, you're avoiding a lot of potential money, potential clients and contacts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For example, John D. Rockefeller, right? Now, he was a, an entrepreneur and he started up his own business, grew to be the biggest business in the world during his time, but he wasn't part of this culture of startups and entrepreneurs. He never wanted to be a startup or an entrepreneur, even though he, he was an entrepreneur and created a startup, but he wanted to be a successful businessman. And businessmen or women today can be very different from how he is, but they're still creating businesses. They're not just creating a startup and trying to be entrepreneurs. And I think we limit ourselves if we think that way. As a, a more relevant example, let's say for those of you in the startup world, uh, you might be hearing, I'm, I apologize, it started raining as I was talking. I don't know if that disturbs the audio at all. I'll just keep going though. For those of you in the startup world, um, you might have heard about Zirtual. Zirtual is a company that uh, seemed to be doing very well and growing quite a bit. And they were recently, this past uh, Friday, they were interviewed on uh, This Week in Startups by Jason Calacanis, where he revealed that he is an investor in the company. And he said it's a great company and he believes in it and, um, and can't wait to see it grow. This was Friday. On Monday, Zirtual sent an email to other clients and employees saying, we're closing up shop, you know, that's it. You're not going to hear anything from us for the foreseeable future. Now, since then, other things have happened. The CEO sent an email out. It seems someone else has bought it, and so they're going to continue doing business. And obviously, Jason Calacanis had to, you know, make a video where he addresses this. And in the video where he addresses it, saying, you know, he was an investor, the interview had occurred earlier, and then they just, you know, released it later, fine. But he said that as a company, as a startup, you should ideally have three to four months of runway. Runway means you take the amount of cash you have in the bank and divide it by the amount of cash you spend each month. That's how he defined it. And you, you should have three to four months of cash runway. Now, this sounds fine if you're a startup. You're like, okay, yeah, that's something I should strive for. But think if you're doing business with startups. That means everyone you do business with has three to four months cash. And you don't know if three to four months from today, they'll still be in business or they'll still be around. And do you really want to keep doing business with these people? Do you really want to limit yourself to people like this? Now, I'm not saying not to deal with startups at all. Let's face it. If you're watching this, you're probably an entrepreneur and a startup yourself. And by all means, you should be doing business with other people like you and helping each other out. On the other hand, you shouldn't cut off an entire segment, in fact, a much more stable segment of the business world. I don't care if you're B2B or B2C or whatever you are. In fact, if you're a translator, you should not just be targeting other entrepreneurs. Let's face it. This is the most cash-conscious cash-strapped segment of the market. You want the bankers, management consultants, the corporates who have a lot more cash and are a lot more stable and that can help you with your money and with your business, obviously. So I don't think you should be doing business solely with other startups. And I also don't think you should strive to be an entrepreneur because this means that you're striving to be one of those companies with just three months or four months cash in the bank. That was thunder. That's because I'm being ominous with all this or something. So anyway, this means that you're striving to have three months cash in the bank and then what, right? If you're a startup, 
you, chances are you're striving to get an investment, to get a lot of cash from some VC who then, let's face it, owns your company and you're an employee of that VC. And at a certain point, you'll be asking yourself, didn't I get into this? So I didn't have to be an employee, but that's like, I guess, another story. Anyway, you can tell I'm in a ranting mood. Bottom line is, I think we shouldn't limit ourselves and we shouldn't just jump onto this entrepreneur startup bandwagon because everyone else is. Obviously, it's something that we want to be a part of, but we shouldn't think, oh, that's the cool thing to do. That's all I want to do. Think why you're in business. Are you in business because you want to be able to work and travel at the same time? Are you in business because you want to be able to spend time with the kids while you work part-time? Or are you in business just so you can work from home or whatever it is? And then take it from there. Don't necessarily classify yourself as a startup or entrepreneur just because a lot of people around you are. And let's face it, chances are a lot of people around you will be. Don't limit yourself if you don't have to. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, thanks for listening. Sorry if I dragged on and on. But hopefully this resonates with someone. If it doesn't, feel free to let me know as well. Okay, thanks. Bye.